Exactly. And I think that it's it's similar to just general self-defense in that if you've never thought about it, right, that's that's a problem. As soon as you start thinking about it critically and really give it like, you know, a little bit of attention, uh, you're already like just so much better off. <laughs> we call right. it be aware but not on guard, right? Absolutely. You're like, like you're not naive nor you are you're paranoid. Are you looking for a way to drive growth, sales, communication, and retention in your academy? Kovar Systems six-month program director course is designed to help members of your team thrive in the important role of program director. With step-by-step -step training, we will cover a wide range of topics, including prospect follow-up, overcoming objection, and securing enrollments. Our program will teach your team members to effectively communicate the values and benefits of martial arts, which can be a game changer in securing more enrollments at your academy. Our next six-month course starts on this date, so don't wait and visit our site, www.covarsystems.com to get your team enrolled in the upcoming course. Again, that's www.covarsystems.com. Enroll now and get ready to see some real results in your business. Welcome to the Satori Lifestyle Satori Masters Podcast, the ultimate resource for ambitious, hardworking school owners that want to get their business and their life to the next level. My name is Dave Kovar. I'm a lifetime martial artist, business owner, speaker, and author. My goal is to empower listeners with the knowledge and the tools they need to break through barriers and really get their business and their life to the next level. Thanks for watching and enjoy. Welcome to the Satori Lifestyle Satori Masters podcast. I'm your host, Dave Kovar, and with me today is Tim Leard. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. All right, you betcha. So Mr. Leard and I go way back, actually. Mr. Tim, you've been with us for like 20 years now, something it's, like it's that. It's real close, I think, since 2005. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 18 years, and, and you, you actually... Came to us already as a black belt. I think you were a third degree black belt when yes, you started. Sir. Yes, sir. Yes, that's and, correct. And uh, uh, and so you know you just kind of stepped into our organization and and really have been at such an integral part. And you've been in every give, list some of the different positions that you've had within the company. Oh uh, yeah, instructor, program director, head instructor. You know I've done stints at front desk when I was too injured to do the other things. <laughs> How many different locations have you been? Have you worked at? Let me think. Uh, it's got to be about five or six. Yeah, you've been all over, man. Yeah, maybe yeah. seven. Yeah, yeah. So like, uh, you know, you're just such a versatile guy. And I know as of the last couple of years, you're transitioning more into Kovar Systems, and you're helping out with uh, Story Alliance instructors training. And uh, yes, sir. And also your passion for years since I've known you. You know, you're you know you you know your your campo's excellent. What was your original style? Uh, it started in uh, Cook Salon Cook and a little bit of Hapkido right. way back I in the day. I remember that. Okay. Yes, sir. And then pretty quickly got into, uh, uh, you know, uh, Kempo, American Kempo. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, and then also, of course, you've done Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for a long time, but clearly your passion's been crop for as long as I've known you, you know. Yes, and, sir. And kind of, first off, uh, uh, kind of give people that may not be aware what, you know, I, I remember I had even had this conversation with you. When crop first came out, I thought it was bad Kempo meets sloppy Muay Thai, kind of sort of. <laughs> I didn't understand, right? I just didn't understand. Cause, and now that I, I've been exposed to it and, and been around it, and, and uh, I, there's so many, you know, really, like, oh, Oh, that makes total sense. So give me kind of a, a premise uh, as to why uh, it's not really a, a, a movement. It's more of a, a mindset to self-defense. It's more than a series of movements, right? Would that be a good way to describe it? Um, yeah, a lot of it is mindset. A lot of it is doctrine. And, and it was, uh, I guess to sum it up, it's, it's, it's the paring down. It's the cutting away of, of absolutely as much as possible, um, leaving just 
practical self-defense uh, uh, left over. So it's kind of like having one answer for as many problems as possible. Would that be a good way to sum that's it up? A, that's a, a core premise of it. Yeah, it's, it's minimal, you know, use the minimal amount of tools in your toolbox because when you want to reach into that toolbox, you want to be able to find the tool you're looking for quick, um, but have that tool be applied in a wide variety of, of situations. Yeah, so you know, like like I, I grew up, of course, American Kempo, and, and you've heard the story, but anyway, I forget my black belt, I had, including variations, 400 self-defense techniques in 22 forms, and Kempo forms are like, take four hours to get through, right? <laughs> and, and I remember on the black belt test, we were doing some self-defense stuff, and someone grabbed my shoulder, and I remember pausing, because I didn't know which move to do, because I knew 43 different moves against the mm, shoulder grab, yeah, you know, yeah. so crowd would kind of turns that upside down. It's like, all right, whatever the attack is, here's how I'm going to counter. Yes, sir. Yeah, as, as much as possible for sure. So yeah, small toolbox, wide uh, ranging application. And uh, it's a big part of it is is trying to simplify um, for the reasons of training cycles. So it was originally uh, developed for soldiers in the military who had a very limited time of training before they had to get out on the front lines. Um, and so it's it's meant to bring people to a high level, as high as possible level of proficiency in the shortest time possible. Yeah, so I, I've likened it to, uh, and I hope this isn't offensive to my crowd friends, but I've likened it <laughs> to like, a, if you wanna make a, a, a cake and you want it to be the world's best tasting cake, you're gonna go from scratch, right? And, and, and it's gonna take a long time and it's going to taste really good or you don't have a lot of time you you have a good box recipe and it tastes pretty darn good but you can get it done quick and it's is that, is that a fair analogy to I, a certain degree yeah i would say so yeah that could that could be argued so like the less ingredients you know just to get to the end product a little faster yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? like i've got a, i've got a birthday party this afternoon and i gotta just throw something together because it's happening yeah okay perfect well so and i know as of late you've been in of course part of crawl alliance under john whitman an amazing instructor a really insightful guy and uh, and so, uh, unfortunately, in this day and age, uh, things have changed. And and uh, you know, in our, in our lifetime, all of a sudden, uh, you know, these mass shootings have occurred more and more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And it's it's become a real issue. And it's 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 uh, unfortunate unfortunate that it's something that we really all of a sudden need to kind of as self defense instructors probably be alert and aware of. So first off. Once you give us a description of what what kind of what what's a good definition of what a mass shooting would be. Um, well, yeah. So every every agency who looks at it, every everybody's got their own kind of definition. What they all have in common um, is that there is an armed assailant indiscriminately targeting people, uh, you know, in a in a public area, in a populated area, uh, not necessarily public, but yeah. So there's plenty of people around, and there's one person with uh, uh, you know the willingness and equipment to try to take them out. So is it, it random is part of the equation, right? Like in other words, this isn't all right, man. Uh, I want to take out that guy and his family, that's not that that's not the same as necessarily the active shooter where right, I guess yeah, the, the line the, is blurred. The goals there. are a little bit I mean there's it's sure lines can be blurred, but there is a an element of indiscriminate targeting, right? Just maximum damage caused and it doesn't really matter who they're shooting at so much. Yeah. It might matter a little bit where it happens, if it's it, it could be targeted at a particular group, like a if it happens in a church or something like that, um, but it's not uh, specific. I'm going to go for this particular person. That stuff happens, but that's not within the definition. And I just kind of backing up to Krav, why why I think the Krav mindset is so pow- good for this is that uh, it's it's more about uh, untra- and, and when you normally do a Krav, not only is it the technique, but it's the it's the uh, you're dealing with it. You, you're, you really support to teach students how to deal with adrenal dump to the adrenal oh, yes, stress sir, response. Yeah. So just in general, what, 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 tell somebody what that might mean and how they might do it. So, yeah. So uh, 
one of the one of my favorite terms is I actually stole this from Tony Blower is stress inoculation. So uh, under any any stressful circumstance, and and of course a, a an active shooting incident counts as that. But any self defense, anytime you know someone's suddenly confronted with violence in a civilized posi- uh, place. Um, you're going to get the adrenal dump. So the adrenal system or the, your endocrine system drum, dumps adrenaline into the uh, your system and you're getting ready for fight or flight, right? This is old evolutionary stuff from back in the caveman days. Well, if you're not used to that sensation, it doesn't always help. It can p- cause people to freeze, right? Um, people's uh, motor skills degrade considerably under that kind of stress. And so by training to and through that, creating that, sort of adrenal dump situation in a classroom as much as possible, uh, people become sort of inoculated in, uh, uh, to it. So it's like a little bit like if you've uh, never uh, been in the water and you're suddenly dropped in, right, you might not know what to do. But if you've been in the pool before, you've been on the water, and maybe it wasn't like as an Olympic swimmer, but you've, you've got the idea of what it's like to be in the environment, you function better. So take me through, all right, like I'm a, you know, I, I, you've got a group of martial artists that are pretty skilled, right, technically, they're proficient, they, they're in good shape, they, you know, they can hit and kick hard, uh, you know, yeah. they're good fighters, uh, you know. So take me through some, some drills, like, like some classic drills that would help somebody, you know, stress, become stress inoculated, all right? That's one thing to have the skills, but to be able to do it under pressure, that's the next thing. So give me yes, give sir. me an idea of what I as an instructor might do with my class to, to what some simple things I can do to get them yeah. used to that. One of the easiest things, right, to, to do is just get people really, really tired. So when fatigue, right, is similar, uh, you know, that stresses you out when you're tired, right? So, you know, blast out the push-up squats, or whatever, get somebody really, really tired, and then have them try to perform a technique okay. and just kind of go through that uh, that cycle a little bit. So that's that's a real, real general thing. Um, other things that you can do is, you know, anything that, that changes the environment. Normally we're, we're training, uh, you know, in plenty of light, in a comfortable temperature, on soft mats. Anytime you take one of those things away, it starts to create a little bit of that stress and you can uh, introduce other variables like that. Of course, I mean, safety is always key. You have to be aware of safety at risk along the way and take measures, but uh, anytime you change any of those things. So having to, to do something from a uh, eyes closed position to start with is a really good way to deprive a human of kind of their primary sense um, and put a little bit of that stress there too. Very cool. I'm reminded of, of back in the day, some of the dumb stuff. I had a training partner, Ray Arquilla, <laughs> who you know, and I'm like, just to put in perspective, I'm only 20 and he's like 26. So we're, at least I'm a kid. And we used to do stuff. One of our things is we used to fight on top of a picnic table and we'd spar. And the whole idea was to push the other guy off the picnic table, right? You know, right. and you think, how did we not kill ourselves, right? But, <laughs> but that would be, uh, you know, or, or we used to fight. We used to go up to by a river and fight on the rocks by basically yes, uh, uh, up by Rainbow Bridge there, you know, try to push each other into the river. And, yeah. <laughs> and that's all really good training until somebody actually gets hurt. Yes, and then, yes. then it's bad training. So yes. you don't know until it's yeah, done. Yeah, but it's, it's kind of like, you know, uh, it, but the whole idea is how can we create an environment it is safe, but it, it's the stress is high. So because yes, clearly, what happens? The concern is, and, I, and you and I have both seen it happen, where you know, they're so into reality training that people get hurt training so that they won't get hurt in a self defense situation. Right, you know, which I always yeah. find fascinating. You know, I mean, it's it's a constant balancing act. But yeah, you got to be real careful about you know coming coming a little bit too close to that line. And Amy Lichtenfeld, the, the founder of Krav Maga, was uh, you know quoted as saying, "You can't send a." wounded soldier into battle. So you got to keep your soldiers safe. I, I love that. And you know, how many times have I in my earlier career, and I've still seen it happen, have, have, 
have, you know, wanted to help someone learn how to defend themselves and also just benefit from martial arts training. Um, but the, the environment was so unsafe that they got injured and they had to quit before they ever were able to do so. It's kind of like, you know, you got to ease people into it. Yes, so that's sir. one of the things that I know that the drills that, that, that you've introduced to uh, to the team and, and that, that we do are, they're kind of thought through ahead of time. So they're, they're, they're safe, you know, to the front, there's always going to be a risk of injury anytime Absolutely, you yeah. step out on the mat, but you can certainly do a lot to minimize it. Absolutely. That's the, that's it. Get, make make things more realistic while simultaneously minimizing injury. It's it's a tough it's a yeah. tough job, but it's one we got to be thinking about all the time. Yep, yep. All right, so let's get specific now. You know, all right. So yes, uh, uh first and foremost, uh what in general, let's just say are the guys people listening right now that uh, are uh, um martial artists and maybe there a lot of them are martial arts professionals. So, how do you think what we do is a is a is a is a is a profession helps in the bigger scheme of things when it comes to active shooting? So there's a, there's a, you know, kind of a couple of different lenses, I guess, scopes I could, I could look at this, uh, under, uh, the obvious one is just, you know, being aware, just making people smarter and aware of, um, what's risky behavior, what's safe behavior, uh, getting people to think about that and maybe take some action on, on creating safe habits, right? It's not the moves themselves, uh, necessarily. And it's not what they do when a bad thing happens. It's how are they, uh, staying away from, uh, risky situations where bad things are more likely to happen and, and moving to situations where bad things are less likely to happen. So it's awareness of uh, environment and just, you know, I think as soon as somebody starts thinking about it seriously, they're way better off. Yeah. So I, I, I share a story. 30 years ago, a guy comes, comes into my school. He's got, a, uh, he's got stitches right over his lip. He's got a black eye <laughs> and a busted nose. And he clearly, he looked like a guy that just got in a bar fight, right? And he come, I go, yes, may I help you? And he goes, yeah, I, I want to learn how to defend. I want to I wanna learn how to fight. I go, what's going on? I go, what's going on? He goes, well, every time I go to this bar, I get in a fight. And I jokingly said, don't go to that bar. And he goes, oh. <laughs> oh, I never thought of that, right? That was like mind-boggling concept, yeah. but that's kind of what you're talking about. It kind of has yes, to do sir. with we teach our live safe training and very first habit, the, the first goal is create safe habits, right? You Absolutely. know, and, and like, like, uh, cause that it, it, you can't, you, there's no guarantee that you, there's nothing you can do that's going to guarantee that you're never going to be around, you know, uh, uh, an active shoot of, uh, shooter incident, but there's a lot of stuff you can stock the odds in your favor. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, uh, um, it's the statistics right now, are, you know, any individual is less than 1%, far less than 1% of the, the chances statistically of being present for an active shooter event. But again, the, the, the chance is there. Uh, and if I can uh, um, continue to answer the question yeah. for a moment, I think... The even bigger picture is that uh, active shooter incidences or, and, and things like that, um, you know, the, the people who commit them don't just flip a switch, right? Every, every time you look into their history or their background, there's trouble, right? They've had some kind of troubled history. They have a troubled background, um, you know, uh, messed up childhood. There's all kinds of things where you look back and you think, oh, okay, this person was, was heading for a negative place. Um, and they, 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 you know, this has happened to be how, how it sort of manifested in the end. Um, so I think that in our industry, if we're martial arts professionals, I think the best, most impactful thing we can do is keep doing what we're doing and recognize the impact that our, um, what we do in our classrooms has on young people. Because all the, the active shooters were all kids once, and maybe they were in a karate program or maybe they weren't. But if we can model and show empathy and, and you know, develop 
healthy mindsets in kids, that means they're less likely that when bad stuff happens in their lives, they're less likely to become bad people. Like you said before, uh, hurt people hurt people. Yeah. Right. So if we can keep them from getting hurt when they're young, maybe they don't hurt people when they're older. I love it, man. So it's it's, you know, preventative. Right. So the yes, bottom sir. line is if you're a martial arts professional out there, uh, what we're doing, if we do our job right. And, you know, and what I mean by, you know, job right is teaching quality martial arts, but really, you know, being empathetic with our students and and having a, you know, character training component. And by the way, you can get character just by, you don't even have to give a message of the week to get develop character, just get the process of training and, and learning, understand what respect and courtesy is. But putting emphasis on character magnifies it a whole bunch. But but what happens now, I think, is the next generation comes up and and, and they're less likely. In other words, we, we are, we are uh, giving people tools that are going to make them less likely to be active shooters in 20 years. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's that's pretty powerful. I, I think that I, I know you and I were talking about this last week and you brought that up and I'm so glad you brought it up again because, you know, what we do uh, is so important and and we will never see that. We'll never be able to we'll say. We'll never know, yeah. yeah but it, inst, inst, you know, we know this instinctively, the, the effect it's going to have. And then, you know, how many people have you in your teaching career, how many times have you had somebody that either a parent that said, thank you for what you've done for my child or someone that came back to train with you 15 years ago that says, thank you, that, that we know the impact. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's really good to stop and, and remember those every once in a while because sometimes it's, uh, you know, you forget to think about it in the day to day of like running a business and yeah. trying to keep the doors open and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so let's get down. Let's get out nitty gritty. Give it to talk us through some strategy now, man. So, you know, it, it's statistics about active shooter, you know, when it happens, you know, what are some, you know, what are some things I should do and not do? And, and, and how can you give some people some value, something they can put to work? Yeah. So, uh, you know what, there's a lot of good, uh, you know, resources out there and material that you can, you know, if somebody wanted to Google stuff like this, there's, there's a decent amount out there. Um, I think start off with, um, you know, why are we talking about it is because it keeps happening and it's happening more and more every, every year. So some of the, the statistics attached to that are, and this is, these are all, uh, uh, FBI, uh, um, statistics, right? So, and the, and they do a study about every five years. So here's the thing about statistics is like, you got to like look in a little bit deeper every time you hear statistics, but you're going to want to make sure you're doing apples to apples comparison. So um, this is an apples to apples comparison that the FBI did. In 2000, there was one uh, incident that was considered an active shooter incident. Um, there was nine in 2005. There was 26 in 2010. There was 20 in 2015. There was 30 in 2019, and there was 50 last year in 2022. Um, and uh, some uh, places are reporting as, as many, uh, over 200 or as much as 300 already this year. Um, that's not FBI that, you know, there's a couple of d different right. Um, places, right? And, you know, what counts, what doesn't count. But no matter where you look, uh, it, it's on the rise, right? Incidents continue to happen at a more frequent rate as the years go by. So, you know, that tells us, uh, well, yes, we should be we should be talking about this. We should be thinking about it. We should be aware of it. Um, and I also feel like because, uh, you know, we run schools that have a lot of people in there, you, you know, it, chances are we're maybe not the, as likely of a place that someone's going to come in, but still it's something that should be on our mind. You know, what's our exit strategy for our students and, you know, what's our plan? But Exactly. And I think that it's, it's similar to just general self-defense in that if you've never thought about it, Right. That's that's a problem. As soon as you start thinking about it critically and really give it like, you know, a little bit of attention, 
uh, you're already like just so much better off. <laughs> we call right. it be aware, but not on guard, right? Absolutely. You're like, like you're not naive, nor you are you paranoid. You know, you don't want to lock yourself in your house and never go outside because you're worried about this because that's no way to <laughs> right. live a life, right? You just yes, want to be kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, and not be reckless and do stupid stuff, but just kind of where you go. Like I went, I was in Boston this weekend doing a seminar. And we went out to dinner, and I just positioned myself in a way that I could see what was going on. You, you know, right? Absolutely. You know, and that's yes, just sir. kind of a habit that I've established. I know where the exits are. And I kind of just kind of scan the, the, and it's not that I'm paranoid. It's just, it's almost kind of, I'm sure you do the same. It's almost kind of a game. It's kind of fun. You're like, all right, you know, if there was a bad guy in yeah. here, who would it be? And so, yeah. And, and that's just something that I've trained to do. I feel like it's my martial responsibility. And, and, and making a game out of it, I think is one of the most effective people can think people can do. Don't think of it as like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting tactically ready. Think of it as a, as a game and then kind of just play the game and you can talk, you can make a game out of identifying exits. You can make a game out of identifying where fire extinguishers are. You can make a game out of identifying, hey, what looks like a cover versus concealment in this space? You can make a little game about, all right, what if, uh, and you know, you can have fun with it, not, not to make light, but like, okay, if, if uh, you know, Loki or one of his minions from Marvel came in and the front door, what, what weapon would I grab to, you know, fight off the bad guy? Um, but yeah, so make a little mental game out of it. And that's the kind of thing that grows habitually, right? Before you know it, you're doing it almost automatically yeah. and it doesn't have to intrude too much upon your consciousness, but it's there. Okay. So take us through some, you know, like, like some of what, what are some of the set kind of, I, I know if this is a work in progress, but what are some basic steps, you know, what, what formula can I use and think of when it comes to, uh, if I'm all of a sudden find myself somewhere and I'm, uh, I'm in, in an active shooter, uh, scenario, give me some stuff. Right. So the, 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 Standard protocol is what's called a run, hide, fight. And, you know, that, that's a great place to start, right? If you can escape, escape. And, and that's no different from any other general self-defense tip. If there's danger at a particular place, then moving away from that place is a good idea, right? Um, that can be kind of tough if there's no immediate, obvious egress. Uh, the proximity of the bad guy might make can possibly make it tough and who you're with and who you're responsible for is probably the the biggest um you know sticking point for that right but if you're if it's just you and there's something going down nearby just get the heck out of there yeah and i i think this why it's important just to know that is like what you said fight or flight kicks in i'm not used to it i hear something i might just freeze in my tracks and not have any clue but if i've heard run hide fight and that's popped into my head oh run but at least now i have the options maybe i'm like you said maybe i can't maybe i'm with uh, my grandma who's in a wheelchair and i can't leave her or you know i've got a you know two small kids i gotta watch out for right. all those things but at least you know i have a plan with which to deviate so the first step is is to run so i'm just trying to get the heck out of there yeah look for an escape route as much as possible and then the, the second uh, stage and these are generally presented in uh you know if a yes or if not a go b if not b go c right uh, that's not it's it's nice to to be able to think of it in in clear simple terms like that so it's not always uh, that yeah, simple sure. just because yeah. again life doesn't who, work that who way you're, yeah who yeah. you're with and there's there's no guarantees right every every incident is absolutely its own animal mm -hmm. um and nobody knows until the aftermath what what right decisions you know, may have been made but uh secondly is hide right so um look for a place to 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 uh get out of sight and behind cover, of course, is best. Again, that's not always easy, but um, there are places that everybody is in on a regular basis, home, work, and maybe someplace else where you're in the same space on a daily basis for hours. Mm -hmm. You can sit in that space and you can think about, all right, 
look around me. What could I hide behind? What doors could I close? What barricades could I create, right? So what furniture is around that I could move in front of a door, in front of a window? Um, and what, and it, it bears thinking about it. It's hard to, to, to know without a little bit of training, but what's cover? Now, so what's the difference between cover and concealment? Um, concealment is just that. It conceals you from view, but it does not stop bullets. Cover, by definition, uh, stops bullets. And most, unfortunately, most services that we, we encounter in our daily lives, like I'm looking around the room right now, there's pretty much nothing in here that would count as cover. Uh, even a, a door that has a little bit of steel in it, probably probably not something mm -hmm. that I would, I would uh, um, you know, uh, what rely on <laughs> uh, in that case, but um, yeah, getting someplace. And then if, if you, if you know that you've got a hiding place, what can you do to barricade and fortify that hiding place? And what uh, weapons are in that hiding place that you could grab and, and use um, should the, the, you know, the bad guy come to you somehow. So, you know, the statistics are, uh, you know, from let's just say you're, you're in some public place and, and there's an active shooter, somebody you hear a gun go off. It's it's like uh, it's a few minutes before there's usually help there. Absolutely, arrives. yeah. So the the average active shooter incident lasts twelve uh, minutes, but many many of them are sh over before that. Um, police response on average is about three minutes. That's impressive, actually. It, yeah, it's really really fast. Here's the 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 hard part of that though is that's once um, somebody notifies nine one one, the dispatcher gets the details, and then they they. So that could have been going on for six, seven minutes already by the time that the, the dispatcher right. is notified. Yeah, yeah, so that can that can make it more like a ten minute, and that seem like a ten minute and response time. I don't want to jump the gun, but that's why the the fight part might be necessary, right? I mean, statistics Absolutely. are people put up a fight, they're more likely to have the less, uh, you know, fatalities. Is that isn't that not true? That's true. Yeah, that that's what the the the. the uh, statistics, easy for me to say, indicate, right? So the earlier the bad guy is, meets resistance, the less casualties there are. That's that's what the broad takeaway is from there. And who, how does how does the bad guy meet resistance? Does it have to be law enforcement? No, it could be citizens. Anybody that stands up to the bad guy and takes some direct action against them uh, ultimately saves people's lives. Um, not necessarily their own, which is kind of a hard thing to think about, uh, as, especially if you, you know, try and imagine yourself in that position. That, that would be a hard choice oh, to make, man, and it's not yeah. something that, you know, that's, that's everyone's personal choice, right? But uh, the fact is that the sooner they make resistance, the less people they kill. Yeah, it's it's really it's it's like it's unfortunate we have to think about that, but that is something that that, that we th that we that's probably especially as martial arts professionals we should know about. So you know, and you you wonder how you do because we don't really know how we do. Yeah. I like to think. You know, although I never hope it never happens that I would not freeze, that I would do the right thing, you know, but I guess we'll never know. And I, I'm OK if we never yeah. find out. By the way. <laughs> I'm OK, too. But, yeah, that's it's 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 a tough thing. Right. All right. You never so, know. so let's fight. What the heck does that mean? Give me give me some ideas here, man. This guy's got you know, I've got nothing. I've got a fire extinguisher. You know, I've got a chair. This guy's got a, you know, an assault rifle, you know. Right. Give, give me some ideas. Um, so go hard and and go fast. The. Um, Let's see if I, I'm going to butcher a quote. Um, uh, a good plan done, a, a mediocre plan done violently yes. is better than a perfectly plan executed with caution. It's like something like that's Patton, right? Yes, General it's Patton. Ex exactly right, right? So you, 
so-called technique or what the exact move you do is far less important in situations like that than just hard, explosive, aggressive action as early and, and as and as fierce as you can and, make it. And I, th- I think this is such an important distinction. Being like both of us are, you know, you know, lifetime martial artists, and we know mm-hmm. 432 different defenses against this attack and that and all that. And it's great. And it's fun to kind of play around with, with you know, like getting the right angle when you're grabbing the wrist when you're doing this. If you could pull from the pinky towards the th- finger, it's <laughs> but the reality is is most of that's going to go out the window. And and what you want to yes, do sir. is you want to, you know, you get there as fast as you can, as violently as you can, just and and as much as you can, uh, you know, high brain, excuse me, low brain stuff, real easy, accessible. Yes, sir. And, yeah. yeah. Gross uh, motor movements. I, I liken it to this. If, if there was like a, you know, a theoretical ninja who's trained ninjutsu, um, you know, and knew like a hundred different techniques, but had never been in a battle. And uh, a football player, an NFL football player that was just ready to go, like, I, yeah, that football player is going to, he's going to be the one that, that is more effective, right? He's just going to hard charge the guy, tackle him as, as hard as fast as he can. No technique, right? It's just smashing into the guy. And that's, that's kind of really where it's at. So um, technique can help, of course, right? If yes. I, if I have trained on or if a, a person, uh, you know, a student of ours has trained on some little technique mm-hmm. on how to take down a bad guy and, and give him a little bit of a, a, a better chance, that's absolutely a good thing. Yeah, but sure. the mindset and the aggression is more important. And here's the thing about that, though. If we can, if we can show people a little something, right, here's, you know, we can tell somebody, yeah, just go and, and, and go at them hard and fast. Here's a way that you could do it that's, uh, uh, you know, a little bit technical. That might make the difference between men, them making that choice. They yeah. might give, that 100%. just might be the now one they that have makes a plan. the convenient. Now yeah. they have a plan. Right? It's kind of like in self-defense. If, you know, if you approach me and I step back and I put my hands up and I have no clue what to do, I don't have a plan, uh, you know, I'm going to respond differently than if I just know one basic thing and at least right. I'm thinking if he takes another step towards me, I'm going to palm strike him nose as hard as I can. Now it changes my energy. So I guess the same thing would apply. I, yeah. You know, at least I have a plan and at that puts I, me. I, yeah, I learned something about this and that that means that I can be committed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, terrible thing to have to think about once again, but, but, uh, uh, you know, important that we t- discuss it. So give me like, uh, uh, if, if I, is there, should I attack straight on? Should I come at an angle? Do I, do I try to, uh, you know, do I, 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 I say, stop, please don't hurt people. I mean, what's, what's kind of, uh, uh, you know, what's, what's a, give me a basic strategy, describe a basic strategy. Yeah. Um, Tackle them. Tackle them. <laughs> That's yeah. about as basic yeah. as you can get. Tackle yeah. them hard and fast. Now it's always better to come at them sideways or from behind. It's always better if they're not nece- they're not you know necessarily aware of you or not pointing the gun in your general direction at that time. Um, but uh, again, every incident is a little yeah. bit different. Who knows? But if if you if you put the goal number one goal of all right, I need to disrupt this person's ability to kill more people right now. Tackle, you know, just go at him, yeah. tackle him. So I love this line too. Like you're thinking, a night gun defense. Yeah, a great one is grip and rip. You know what I mean? Like get a hold of that thing as much as you can, right? When you're in the, in the process of tackling. So, um, kind of the next step along this line. So you've got, uh, uh, you know, you, you're going to try to tackle him, okay? Yes, sir. As, as, as effectively as you can. So, but this guy probably is a super highly trained John Wick. Uh, uh, you know, yes, he, he went to, he was trained by John Wick, um, and, uh, Hattori Hanzo, the famous ninja, um, and, uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger's, um, character in commando. No, it's absolutely the opposite of that. So, (laughs) 
the the typical uh, active shooter is untrained. Uh, they may have put some time on on the range shooting their guns, maybe a little bit, but but they they don't know what they're doing, and they're going to be as disrupted, as surprised, as shocked, as injured as anybody else. If if you so could just go So bottom line at them. is, once you should, once they've got real resistance, there's a good chance their spirit will leave. Absolutely, yeah. That, that's what happens and, in most. And of the by times. the way, there's no there's there's no guarantee that's the case. There could no. be some guy that was a special forces guy that's got tons of training, but but specifically speaking, if we had a you know if, if we were to line up all these guys and and look at their history, the majority of active shooters aren't necessarily highly trained killers. No, that, they're not. Yeah, they're, they're, their their spirit does break very easily. And under stats resistance. have shown that. Yeah, yeah they, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So they're they're not trained and they're not particularly hardened. Uh, they just have the the means and willingness to to do a bad thing when when they're assuming there's no resistance. They they see themselves as this powerful figure and people will just cower before them. And as soon as that's not the case, um, things go poorly yeah, for them. Yeah. yeah. Well. Any any last minute thoughts? I mean, first and foremost, guys, I I want to I want to share uh, a bit, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out because I think this applies uh, uh, to this scenario. But I want to talk about the five rules of personal safety. So, sure. now, rule number one: create safe habits. What the heck does that mean? Um, yeah. So, uh, just analyze your day, like a typical day from dawn to dusk. Like, try to you know pick apart what are you doing. And first off, it's always good to identify what you're already doing that is making you safer, right? And and so, yes, I um, lock my doors as soon as I uh, uh, close my car door. Like little things like that, if you're in the habit of that, great. Guard that habit, okay. right? Um, and then, of course, what could I be doing better? And don't try to change everything all at once, right? But if there's one thing that I could be doing differently, perhaps that's... Uh, leaving early for work so I get gas during daylight hours instead of sometimes being stuck getting gas at nighttime. Okay. All right. So next step number two is to be aware but not on guard. Kind of run me through that again. Uh, yeah. So the uh, you love Gavin DeBecker's uh, quote, uh, true fear is a gift. Imagined fear is a curse. Yes. Right. Um, so yeah, being aware but not on guard just means that you're, uh, you're just opening all of your senses, right? You're opening all of your senses. You're taking in the environment. What you're not doing is sticking your nose down in your phone um, or, you know, not watching where you're going, right? You're keeping your head up. You're keeping it all this on a swivel, not because you think, oh, something bad's going to happen, uh, but because you just want to be, you just want to know what's going on in your uh, environment. Yeah. And there's a time, let's imagine kind of use the, you know, the green light, yellow light, red mm-hmm. light concept. Like you're in your backyard, you're having a barbecue with your family. You not have, you know, you that's the last thing, you know, you, your guard is down, it's dropped, green light, have fun. But when you're out in public, it's kind of like you have that blinking yellow light. That just means, you know, when I see that, you kind of, you know, you're paying a little bit better attention when you're driving. And that's kind of the, the concept with this, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I think another way to, to, to kind of sum it up is make no assumptions. Either way, yeah. make no assumptions that a bad thing will happen. Make no assumptions that a bad thing won't happen. Yep. Good, good. Next step is trust your intuition. What the heck does that mean? Oh, this is super, super important. So um, everybody's everybody's got a gut feeling about stuff. And I, I'm, I wouldn't say every, but like the overwhelming um, majority of uh, after action police reports with victims that have survived any sort of violent confrontation almost every single time they say, oh, I had this bad feeling um, and they should mm-hmm. listen to it. Mm-hmm. Right. So we've all got that kind of spidey sense in there and we don't necessarily aren't able to articulate why we're feeling a, a certain way about a certain place, person or situation. Um, but when we feel that we just need to take it seriously. Yeah. Um, and that's, there's, there's a lot of, I'll, I'll uh, d- um, diverge into the, the active shooter for a second. There's a lot of 
very specific technical, technical training on recognizing signs of imminent violence okay. in people from watching body language and things like that. And there's courses and there's, you know, people in law enforcement, FBI that are highly trained on this. Um, but it doesn't take, you know, years of uh, specific training. If people are just kind of aware of their surroundings, basic human instincts can do a lot of heavy lifting in this area. Mm -hmm. If something feels off, take it seriously. It's yeah. probably off. Yeah. You know, I, I'm reminded of a time uh, uh, when I'm, and I, I was in the, the UK and uh, I, I show up to, I'm, I'm doing a seminar and I get back and the hotel I've got, it's got a pub in it. And I get there right as the uh, soccer or football game just gets over and there's a bunch of guys wearing Manchester United uniform, you know, like jerseys on and, 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 and they're, 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 they're inebriated and uh, I, they, they walk towards me. I'm getting ready to get on the elevator and get on the same elevator and, and somebody's, you know, I, I kind of nod my head at them like, hey, what's going on? And they, one of them says something and it was clearly an insult directed my way, you know, and I, I didn't have any, uh, you know, I, they're, they're, I'm imagining they're imagining I'm on the other team. I don't even know what yeah. they, who they played. So elevator doors open. Of course, first response was my fragile male ego. I'm going to, I'm not afraid of these guys. I'm going to get mm -hmm. on the elevator with them, you know? And then I thought, you know, in nature, what animal would get into a soundproof steel cage with a potential predator? So I just let him get on the elevator and I got on the next one. Right. And yeah. it was like, that was hopefully, you know, trusting my intuition, right? Absolutely. Chances are 99 out of a hundred, 90% or more that I would have been just fine. You know, but Absolutely. why even taste the risk? So it's kind of like that's the old idea with trust your intuition. It's you know, if in doubt, get out, right? right so step the next the next step is is to is to take action. Yes. So sir. what are we talking about there? Um, so ideally, where where the first action you take is like you said, if in doubt, get out. If there yeah. if you're in any sort of and generally speaking, any sort of situation that just feels off, just, just leave, just yeah. get the heck out of there. Right. Yeah. Um, and if that's not an option, uh, you know, don't freeze just yeah. about any action that you, you, you take is better than no action yeah. at all. Yeah. Very uh, good. Hopefully we deescalate de if that's, that's an option. Um, but with what we're talking about today, it's, it's run, hide, fight, you yeah. go like, and don't sit there and wonder, um, gosh, like, is this really what's yeah. happening right yeah. now? Yeah. Assume it is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last step is a court. Learn from your experience, the experience of others. So how would you interpret it, that? Well, um, like shameless plug, like go to a self-defense class, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we Self-defense instructors, martial arts experts, we've been, uh, you know, doing this. Uh, that's all we've done is we've learned from the experience of others, right? Uh, from, you know, from student to, to or teacher to student down through the ages. Um, but it's also... Uh, you know, being looking around in the world around you and hearing about things. If you hear a, a story from someone, if you see a story on the news, try to analyze it. Step mm -hmm. back and say, yep. okay, how did that happen? What would I have done differently? Um, and and what went well, what didn't go well, and just be analytical about that stuff. Yeah, you know, I have a, a, a guy that I know that, that says, yeah, you know, he's really good at self-defense because he's been in over 100 fights. <laughs> And may, probably 100 fights probably means it was really 22 fights, you know, and yeah. one of them, for several of them. But here's, what do you think of when you think of that? What, you know, what, what jumps out to you? Uh, he failed at steps one, two, three, exactly. and three. Exactly. <laughs> he learned from his experience, yeah. right? You know, so, so like, it's kind of like, do you want to, do you want to fly a plane with a pilot that's been in 63 car, you know, plane accidents? Probably not. No. You know, he'd rather, <laughs> so I guess what I'm saying is, is that you can learn vicariously by doing, by taking a self-defense course, you know, by yes, just sir. when you, when you hear about stuff happening, backtrack and thinking, how could that have been avoided? and then trying to adopt that in your life. Well, hey, man, always enjoy, uh, yeah, uh, you know, speaking with you about this yes, subject. Of course, and other yeah, stuff. pleasure's I, all mine. I appreciate you guys. Hopefully, uh, thanks for tuning in and, and look forward to uh, having you guys join us for other podcasts. Thank you, Tim Leard. Thank you, sir. Thank you for tuning in today to our podcast. I hope you found it valuable and inspirational. 
To stay connected, please subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you go for your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's show, please give us a five-star review. And we really, sincerely, would appreciate some feedback. Your feedback helps us to create high-quality content that will help others in the future. If you'd like to follow me, you can go to Dave Kovar on Facebook or Hanchi Dave Kovar on Instagram. Thank you so much for watching, and I'll see you on next episode.